is good, everybody. Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And what was supposed to be a weekend pod turned into today, Monday pod. And it's going to be, obviously, me talking about two different scenarios for active NBA, obviously current NBA head coaches. I'm going to go through a couple of some coaches that I would say have revived their careers uh, in their current situation and the usual uh, coaches on the hot seat conversation, right? This should be a pretty quick pod. Uh, It was just a random thought that popped into my head uh, watching the successes of a lot of these coaches that have been around the NBA for a while and uh, what looked like careers that were in jeopardy or, you know, careers that were either stale or or just not working out and then maybe they get an assistant job and then they all of a sudden now have their own uh, situation and things like that, right? These are some of the more notable coaches that everyone really knows about. Uh, but I also want to talk about those on the hot seat, right? Uh, that's really one that's more popular usually. A lot of people talk about, oh, who's on the hot seat and whose job's in jeopardy? Who's going to get fired if there's no success this season? I'm also going to talk about that. Uh, but I'm going to start with the coach that came to mind uh, to even think about doing this episode. And that is the Sacramento Kings head coach, Mike Brown, right? This is a coach that has been around for a very long time. And I know him pretty damn well, specifically because of his time on the Lakers, which was very short. Um, But I do want to go through some of the more recent things about Mike Brown's coaching history in terms of, you know, being hired and fired. So, so I'm going to start with where we remember Mike Brown the most, in my opinion. And that was his uh, first stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So this was really where he made his bones, right? I guess I think that's the term. I'm not sure. Uh, but that's usually what people rem- uh, remember Mike Brown for the most, right? His time in Cleveland. And so, you know, in 2007, just going to fast forward and just skim through some of his things, right? So 07, obviously the Cavs get to that finals. Uh, We know about that. The Cavs in 2009-2010 win a league-high 61 games in a row. I think it was like back-to-back seasons. They had the league-best seat. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at that right now. So in 2009, uh, so in the 08-09 season, the Cavs had a 66-16 and record, right? They follow that up with, like I said, 2009-2010, to those 61 uh, games that they won. So, you know, obviously a lot of success, you know, a lot of people will, will give that credit to LeBron, whatever the case is. Um, the Cavs eventually fire, uh, Mike Brown. Uh, it says here, May 24th, 2010, right? Uh, looked like they wanted to lure LeBron back to Cleveland, obviously after he left for the Miami heat. Um, Mike Brown then gets a job with the Los Angeles Lakers, which I remember, uh, pretty, Not vividly, but I do remember him bringing his Princeton offense, right? His precious Princeton offense, which is pretty... You kind of see that a lot now in the NBA. Princeton offense essentially is involving all five players touching the ball, right? It's really centered around ball movement. There's no single star 
that gets all the touches or or things like that, right? It's it's a very uh, connected group effort offensive strategy uh, that you see a lot more now. I'm not going to say that everyone's running Princeton offense, but it does have Princeton offense principles in the sense of, like I said, just a collective effort on offense. Everyone touching the ball, everyone gets some touches, um, you know, and then hopefully that keeps a team engaged. And then in the long term, it makes the team a bigger threat. The Lakers just didn't have the type of players that fit that, in my opinion. And so the Lakers ended up firing him, right? And I'm just going to skip over. So he gets a job again with the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Mind you, he's been fired from the Cavs. He's been fired from the Lakers and now on the Cleveland Cavaliers for the second time, right? It says here in 2013 was when he was rehired by the Cavaliers, right? And he replaced Byron Scott. Um, They, (laughs) it's pretty funny. Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavs said that firing Brown the first time was a mistake, right? And he was fired again, <laughs> right? Like he was fired again the very next year, 2014. So it was, you know, it was looking like writing was on the wall for this guy. So then you hear about him in 2016, the Golden State Warriors hire Mike Brown as an assistant coach, right? Replacing Luke Walton, um, who then had gotten the job with the Lakers. So Brown was acting as the head coach during times where, you know, Steve Kerr wasn't able to coach, Right, so Brown led the Warriors, it says here, 12-0 record in the 16-17 NBA playoffs while Kerr was absent, right? Now, those Warriors were stacked. Uh, that was the year they beat the Cavs. Warriors finished the playoffs with a 16-1 record. Best postseason winning percentage in NBA history. So, Warriors go back to the finals. We know how that whole thing went. Fast forward to 2022, right, which is, well, this season, obviously. Mike Brown gets the head coaching job for the Sacramento Kings, Right. And we know two things about Mike Brown. He is a defensive minded coach and he is a fan of motion offense. Right. Uh, Spacing. uh, Everyone touches the ball like I spoke, like I explained earlier. And it's a perfect fit in Sacramento. You know, you have a roster full of, you know, guys that have you know, tough mentalities, right? Like, I'm not going to say Sabonis is a lockdown defender by any means, uh, but he is a tough player. You and, and he likes to move the ball. He just manipulates offense just with by palming the ball in those high pick and roll actions, right? Just kind of manipulating the defense, making the right passes. You have De'Aaron Fox who can just get up and down the floor insanely fast. He's been one of the most, cl- one of the most clutch players in the fourth quarter. You know, some people calling him fourth quarter Fox, all those kind of things. But I don't want to talk about the Sacramento Kings specifically. I want to talk about, obviously, where we see them as of right now. You know, the Kings are second in the West. Three-game winning streak. They're 8-10 and out of their last 10 games. It's a team that I think they have the fastest pace in the NBA. The Kings are number one. In offensive rating. So this is a team that's extremely fun to watch. It has turned around immediately. And Mike Brown is a huge reason for that. I don't want to give him all the credit, but it's definitely his implementation of making sure that this team not only gets the volume up and plays with pace and, and you know, make sure that they, they move the ball, but also staying disciplined, right? Now, is this a team that's going to win the title? No, they are too young, right? Inexperienced. And the Kings haven't been to the fight to the playoffs 
uh, I think since like 2004. I'm, I'm not I'm not remembering the the date correctly, but I do wanna I, I can't stress that enough that Mike Brown is about to win Coach of the Year, and if if this isn't if he's not number one on your list of a current head coach that has revived their career. Um, I don't know who else you put ahead of him. Um, so I want to move on to the next coach here uh, of coaches that I don't know if he revived his career, but he certainly has made himself relevant again, I guess, because it was kind of getting stale with the Dallas Mavericks. And now he is on the Indiana Pacers. If you want to look at the Pacers right now, you know, a team that that people had, you know, being just terrible. Right. And they're not bad. 32 and 39, 11th in the Eastern Conference. They're ahead of the Wizards. They're ahead of the Magic, ahead of the Charlotte Hornets and the Pistons. And they are just a game behind the Chicago Bulls for that 10th spot in a play in potential. Right. So you're looking at like their last last 10 games. Right. Six and four. This is a team that's pretty good at home. Right. They're just above 500. They're 19 and 17 at home. You go to the away and it's 13 and 22. But, you know, this is a team also. They play fast. They move the ball. They're very strategic. They have an insanely one of the smartest point guards and, and also one of the youngest point guards in the league in Tyrese Halliburton. Just, you know, a team that has taken the identity of Rick Carlisle in terms of just knowing the X's and O's, playing smart, and playing to their full potential as of right now where the abilities stand right? Because this is a very young team, you know, it's got a couple of vets, but it is a young team. And, you know, Rick Carlisle was just everyone calling for his job uh, in Dallas. You know, things got really bad after the uh, Dennis Smith Jr. If you don't know about that, I did a pod about that a while ago. Um, You know, just kind of basically just being super pissed off that the Mavs ended up taking Dennis Smith Jr. and making his life hell you know, that, that was a whole story in itself. You know, Luka Doncic didn't really like that uh, because he was pretty tight with Dennis Smith Jr. And, you know, things just got stale, right? Sometimes a coach is just sticking around too long. The team's not winning enough and you're kind of not seeing progression, right? So, and then here he is now, you know, yes, it's an 11 seed, right? In the Eastern Conference, which isn't good, but he has brought some, some relevancy to Indiana. Now, part of that helps when you guys make a trade for one of the best point guards in the NBA, in my opinion, in terms of just leadership on the floor, in terms of the ability to pass, the ability to see the game, just high IQ in Tyrese Halliburton. You know, and I don't want to make this all about Tyrese Halliburton. You know, they they make good draft selections. You know, Andrew Nemhart's been really good. Obviously, Benedict Matherin is a a shining bright star, right? Like, he's got a lot of potential. And, you know, you you still have Miles Turner, who looks like he's sticking around. Uh, You still have Buddy Heald. I don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, uh, obviously, Chris Duarte is a name on that roster. There's just a lot on this team, right? But there's still just a little too early on in their careers, right? Those other guys that I've named. And, you know, they're a couple of pieces away from being a true playoff, like, noisemaker, right? Um, Okay, so I want to move to another coach that I feel has, I don't know if he's uh, revived his career, uh, but a lot of people were calling for his his job after last season, and that's uh, Tom Thibodeau. Right. So I don't know. You know, he's still on that weird fence of like when you mention his name on social media comments or anywhere else, it's two things. Uh, The Knicks fans will either want him fired or they say that he has completely shaped this team into what they are right now. 
Um, and what they are right now is 42 and 30, fifth in the East. They've climbed insanely high. They're seven and three out of their last 10 games. They've had great, great couple of months. They've been consistent. They've been solid on defense. The trade for Josh Hart is paying off insanely well. But all that aside, Tom Thibodeau, for all the heat he's caught throughout the seasons, especially by me too, you know, me saying that he just plays his guys a ton, running them to the ground. We can just talk about that all day long. He does have these Knicks just one seed out of having home court advantage in the first round of a playoff matchup, right? So just three wins behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, you know, that's definitely something to take note of, right? Obviously, Jalen Brunson was awesome that they, they they actually happened to sign him. And, you know, everything just kind of falling in place. I think Tom Thibodeau has safely kind of reestablished, you know, why he is still here as the New York Knicks head coach. And that's going to, I guess that's going to do it for, for the coaches that have kind of like revitalized their careers. I'm going to move on to coaches that have kind of either gone stale and also to the point of red flag, like uh, hot seat, right? And I'm just going to get right into it. So I don't want to rank these. I'm just going to kind of scroll through these teams and, and just think of it as it pops in my head. So immediately, the first one that comes to mind, which may be extreme to some of you because he's only been coaching this team. This is his second season coaching them, but it's, you know, just doesn't seem good. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, Chauncey Billups. Okay. Uh, obviously, last year, Dame gets hurt. Team just completely goes into tank mode. They get a draft pick in the lottery, which becomes Shaden Sharp. Here they are again this season now. Six losses in a row. They're two and eight out of their last 10 games. They're 31 and 40. <laughs> They're 13th in the West. They're only above the Spurs and the Rockets <laughs> in the Western Conference, which means that they're under the Pelicans, who have been in a free fall. We don't know what's going on with Zion. They're under the Utah Jazz. They're under the Lakers, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're under Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, a team that a lot of people thought they were just going to be another lottery team. Here they are, eighth in the West, okay? Potential uh, playoff spot, right? For them, if they if they just win in a play-in game, right? Who knows? Maybe they keep winning. Maybe the Warriors drop off, right? Maybe the Mavs drop off and the OKC Thunder keep winning. Uh, but this is not about OKC. So, you know, Chauncey Billups, this is a guy that I think... If next season looks like this, he's out. I mean, there is no way that they keep Chauncey Billups around with three straight lottery seasons, right? Now, to be fair, 13th in the West is a big separation from 14th in the West in that Portland has 31 wins and the Spurs have 19. So, you know, remember, in this Western Conference, you lose one game and you're just way, way down. But... You know, for them to make a play-in, like, 10th seed here, they're going to have to pretty much win every game left, which that's not going to happen. But, you know, Chauncey Billups, one of those guys, I think he's on the hot seat. I think that next season has to be a success. And by success, I mean solid middle-of-the-pack playoff team and win a playoff series to keep your job. That's how I see it, because you're in this Dame window where he just might get traded. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Damian Lillard. He doesn't seem like he wants to leave Portland, but I just can't 
keep thinking that he's going to stick around for seasons like this where they're at the bottom again every single year, right? Bad defensive team. They get two-way players, which is something Chauncey Billups complained about all year long last season. He gets his two-way players, and this is the result so far. So Chauncey Billups definitely on the hot seat, and I just, I don't know. I can't wait to see what happens uh, next season with this Portland Trailblazers team. Next coach on the hot seat, and this coach is on an extremely hot seat, in my opinion, a team that is by far the worst team. Well, now that I think about it, huh, the Detroit Pistons are the worst team technically by record, but I'm talking about here, the Houston Rockets. Okay, now, what are you guys going to say? Oh, well, you know, it's a, it's a bad team. It's a bunch of young guys. They have a lot of young high potential talent names on this roster you know Jalen Green who can pop off for 30 you have Kevin Porter Jr. who takes a ton of bad shots but he can drop 30 randomly you have Alperin Sengun bright center that can't defend anybody he still can't shoot but he's got amazing post moves he's one of the best passers at that position you know you have a guy like Josh Christopher kind of a wild card guy he's in the G League he comes back he's back in the G League he comes back to the roster you know kind of back and forth but you've got Jabari Smith Jr. who looked like a bust early now he's kind of picking up steam there's a lot of potential on this team but I can't help but notice with every loss I just I mean guys go on YouTube okay the coach, the coach for the Houston Rockets is Steven Silas, the son of legendary coach who passed away not too long ago, Paul Silas, highly respected head coach. Uh, his dad was obviously, but here's Steven Silas, who has been an assistant coach, what seems to be longer than my entire life. And people were so happy to see him finally get an opportunity. And it's not the best opportunity. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say, hey, you know, this is LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team. Go to work, <laughs> right? No, he's inheriting an awful team, right? That Harden, I mean, he gets the job and Harden just wants out, right? I mean, this was an awful situation to inherit for any coach in the NBA. Any coach in the NBA in that exact time would have struggled to win games. Now, I want to say this though, you know, when, when teams are having record offensive scoring nights against you guys every single night <laughs> what you know I'm not gonna blame the coach for everything in terms of effort but when the coach is smiling on the sidelines and he's just having a good time just the energy with Steven Silas is is just happy to be here energy and that's not the energy that you need from your coach you need your coach to say hey like I've worked hard I belong here I'm gonna prove it you know I'm gonna show these players what discipline is there is no discipline on those Houston Rockets. Absolutely zero discipline. It turns into Jalen Green isolation. It turns into uh, Alper and Shengun trying to just, you know, make some plays, but it's not really working because the offense is stagnant. It turns into Kevin Porter Jr. High volume attempts, bad shot attempts. Um, there's just no discipline. It looks like an AAU team just playing pickup style basketball and it's it has not looked any different with his entire time and he hasn't been a coach long for the Rockets but when you see him smiling and just kind of like chilling he just looks soft he gives me substitute teacher vibes and I don't like to talk badly about people on this pod I just like to talk about the facts but guys go on YouTube go to the press conferences you know watch him on the sidelines like watch some highlights he does not 
give that like strong man energy, right? Like just just kind of letting guys do what they do and just no discipline. You know, I don't see the energy out of him like that. It's just a substitute. If I had to explain how I think he 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 is, he's like that. He's just the substitute teacher where the kids show up to class and realize that the actual teacher isn't there today and they're just going to have a party in the class. And that's exactly the vibes with the Houston Rockets. And I feel like personally, you know, obviously his father died. So, you know, maybe that kind of delayed kind of give him some more time, right? Like kind of would seem like a bad move to fire him, especially after a legendary coach being his dad, you know, kind of passes away this season. So, you know, maybe his timeline is next season. I think next season, if they're this bad, he has to be gone, right? And you can say what you want about maybe these players just aren't good together and they're just really young. Well, we've got a lot of other young teams that are doing very well. So I don't know. You know, I just I just also don't like the fact that they have no structure. Like there's no strategy. When you watch the Rockets play, it just looks like a pickup team that's figuring out whose turn it is and what are we doing this time around. There's zero accountability on that Houston Rockets team. But I want to move on. I don't want to stick on that too long. I want to go to the Eastern Conference, okay? Dwayne Casey for the Detroit Pistons. What has he done? The team sucks every single year, so I can't blame Dwayne Casey. But Dwayne Casey, it's been so long since he has done anything. And, you know, he loses his job with the Raptors. But obviously, the Raptors end up winning a title after he's gone, Now, obviously, they get Kawhi Leonard, so that helps. But Dwayne Casey, just, you know, I don't know. I don't see it. You know, he's a very old school type of coach. Doesn't really try different things, in my opinion. I just feel like he's just, I don't know. I can't say that he can't coach because he's been around for a long time. And and yes, he, he knows the game of basketball. He knows the X's and O's. He's definitely experienced. I just don't see it on these Pistons, and I feel like there should be time for change. Now, the Pistons suck every year, right? And now it's kind of like, you know, you don't know what's going on uh, with uh, with Cade Cunningham. Obviously, he got hurt. He was out for the year. You have Jaden Ivey, who's been really good, but, but he's also had some moments where you're like, hmm. You know, but he is a rookie, obviously, so you can't really say much about it. I just don't know how much longer the Pistons wait with uh, with Dwayne Casey at the helm, right? Maybe they give him a couple more years, you know, and try to figure out, you know, give him give him some more time with a respectable roster, right? Uh, but that's one guy I think is on the hot seat. I want to move on to another team with a coach in the hot seat, and this is going to change a little bit because this coach has the second seat in the Eastern Conference, and that's uh, Doc Rivers. Okay, now. I know what you guys are probably thinking. Maybe you guys are saying, you know, these guys are 48 and 22, eight game win streak. They're absolutely tearing the league up nine and one out of their last 10 games. They're 26 and 10 at home, which is awesome. 22 and 12 away, (laughs) which is great. You know, this team just obviously picking up steam at the perfect time. If you're trying to make a run for a title, my thing about this hot seat is how much time do you have left, right? We know how it goes with Doc Rivers teams. They disappoint. There are excuses. There's bad luck, which you can just say happens to every single team that loses. Uh, You could just chalk it up to bad luck. But you know, Doc Rivers, definitely, in my opinion, 100%. If there's an early exit in the playoffs, and when I say early exit, I am not talking about the the second round, okay? I don't want to see a 48 and 22 Eastern Conference team with Joel Embiid, 
who might just win MVP. You have James Harden, who's having a great season from three. He's having a great season overall, scoring and passing. Uh, You know, you have the right pieces around them, what it looks like. And you cannot get eliminated before the conference finals, in my opinion, if you're trying to keep your job. I think that enough is enough. We're tired of seeing and saying the same things about Doc Rivers and seeing the same Sixers lose early, lose early, not make the finals. It's always something with that team. And I think if they don't make the finals, I think even if they lose in the conference finals, I think Doc Rivers is gone. I think they roll the dice and they try to figure something out with a new coach. Uh, Harden might be gone after that, so we don't know. But Doc Rivers, 100% on that hot seat. I don't think it's taking a genius to think about that one. One more coach that I do want to talk about on this hot seat. And this one's more of a just a hunch, right? I want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Jason Kidd, you know, had a lot of flashes, right? Good moments. But I don't know. You know, I don't know. At what point do does the front office not admit that the Kyrie deal was a mistake and they decide to go in the direction of, we just need a new coach, you know? And that, that could happen. That happens a lot, right? Front offices make a bad decision. They trade for a player. It doesn't really work. Superstar is kind of uncomfortable, right? Get, get a little upset. You, you feel kind of the pressure, right? Maybe Mark Cuban rolls the dice again, takes another head coach, decides to fire Jason Kidd. I don't know. You know, I personally think Jason Kidd's a good coach. You know, I just think the roster is a disaster. I think it just doesn't work, right? You have Kyrie who wants to play fast. You have Luka wants to play slow. Two guys with high volume shooting. Um, The role players, not that great. The team, not that deep. They don't defend at all. So roster construction is to blame, not Jason Kidd. This is very similar to the Frank Vogel situation uh, with the Lakers, where Frank Vogel gets fired. They hire Darvin Ham. And here the Lakers are, 35 and 37, 10th in the West. Now, yes, there's been injuries, but hello, Frank Vogel had to deal with the same injuries. And, you know, Frank Vogel didn't have the benefit of the doubt when they decided to make a trade like this in the middle of the season, right? So now they basically, I don't even want to talk about those Lakers, to be honest. They've been, they've been better recently, but, you know, that's a wild card. But yeah, Jason Kidd, just the last coach, in my opinion, that I think is on that hot seat and not through fault of his own but just situation like i said you know roster not looking good front office doesn't want to take the l right so we see it all the time you know we see that all the time head coach is just getting fired i believe if next season is a failure again i think jason kidd's gone and i think they're just gonna make a change it's really i really just winged all of these you know i read through mike brown's stuff but i wanted to kind of wing how i felt for the rest of those coaches um maybe there's one that i missed I don't think so. Kind of scrolling around. You know, you look at a Monty Williams, Suns team that hasn't really, um, you know, gotten over the top. But a lot of people like Monty Williams. You know, can't really think of a lot of other coaches that are on the hot seat. As of right now, at least. Some have been fired. Um, you know, others have been moved up as a head coach. So can't really say that anyone really else is in the hot seat. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And I'll catch you guys on the next one. Oh,